Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Mike Green with his 100th finals call right there as the Denver Nuggets wrap up the NBA Finals, and they are champions. They are finally champions, 47 years in the making. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about is our good friend Matt Smith from 104.3 The Fan in Denver, who radio station pulled an all-nighter celebrating the uh, the Nuggets' victory. How was that, Matt, and, and how's the city of Denver doing right now? Man, that was great. It's always fun to do something special like that. We did the same thing last year for the Avalanche. And for the Nuggets, you know, it was a weird feeling at first because it's strange to say Denver Nuggets and NBA champion in the same sentence. But that's where the reality that we're living in at the moment in time. And we're all just trying to, you know, kind of come to grips with what we've witnessed here over the last two months because it has been special. But the vibes in the, in the city are great. You know, we went, we went from 10 to 2. I think I was on from like 9.30 to 2 a.m. last night. And then nice. we had some poor souls on from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. right into our, you know, primetime platform. So it was a good night for us at the station. And, of course, the city. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the scenes from downtown, but we had a big old party. Yeah, it looked like it. It really did. And we're anticipating a, a big old party tonight here in Las Vegas with the Vegas yes, Golden sir. Knights having a chance to wrap up the Stanley Cup Finals. It's uh, a they- big old party every night. <laughs> Vegas, what are you talking about? Like, come on. <laughs> That's a good point. You bring up a good point, man. I, I do. It'll be different than a Tuesday night in Vegas. Come on. Right. Exactly. I think it'll be a little bit more electric as long as VGK maybe, handles their maybe business. So, maybe so. But I did want to say, I mean, you mentioned it. You came on the show when the final started. You said that Nuggets were going to sweep. I thought that that was a little generous. I was like, man, Miami's going to put up a, a heck of a fight. And the Denver Nuggets won in five. Like, what was it that you saw in this team that made you realize Miami didn't have a chance? You know, I was really surprised that they actually lost one here. But the only reason they lost one here is because Miami made 17 threes in game two, right? You know, and they still only won by three. So a lot of us felt like after that game four in Miami, they should have been celebrating the title down there. But they get it done in five. You know, what I saw in this team is what I've seen building for the last eight years under Michael Malone. And since Nikola Jokic has gotten here, it's just a steady, slow ascension to the top. And what Malone said last night I thought was an interesting way to put it. He said, our dream was deferred. And he's obviously referring to the injuries that MPJ and Jamal Murray suffered and, you know, the, the years off in the playoffs where Jokic didn't have any help. And I think it's a really patient way to look at it, and it's kind of apropos for the way the organization went about building this team, went about building this coaching staff and sticking with them, because there were a lot of times over the last, you know, specifically, you know, the last three or four years where people wanted Malone out, people wanted major changes, and they just, you know, steadied the course and stuck true to what they believed, and it paid off for them. So, you know, I saw a team in Denver that is, first of all, they've got the best player in the world, and nobody really understood that before the playoffs, but I think everybody everybody does now. And the conversation heading into this season will be about the best player in the world between Jokic and Giannis. If you want to pick either one of those guys. I don't have a huge problem with it one way or another, but it's no longer about Steph or LeBron or KD or that era. We, we've turned a page, I believe, in the National Basketball Association. And, and what we saw was Jamal Murray, who has been Mr. Inconsistency, rise to the occasion and be the second best player on a championship team and be the Robin to Jokic's Batman. So 
they, they came together in the end, and it was a beautiful product. It really was. And, I mean, it was. you want to talk about some great basketball, and I hope that more fans really tuned in and can appreciate what they saw in the Denver Nuggets. And you mentioned Coach Malone and how people wanted him fired. Winning that championship last night, sitting there with that big old bottle of ultra, just being a G like he was during his press conference, how validating was that for him knowing that, there was people that wanted him out this year. Oh, very validating. Yeah, very, very validating. And he had a big smile on his face the entire press conference. He was celebrating long after all the players had left the arena. He was celebrating with Jokic's brothers in the locker room, dancing to Serbian music. And this was, <laughs> this was validation for him after, again, he's taken so much criticism. And a lot of it warranted, let's mm-hmm. be fair here. But yeah. they managed to bounce back this year in a real way with a healthy team. And the one thing, guys, to, to, to bring up Coach Malone that I thought he nailed throughout the playoffs was the messaging. It was bold to go out and talk the way he talked in the media and provide bulletin board material, but he did it because he had the ultimate confidence in the fact that he had the best team in the league. And their A game this year was better than everybody else's. Whenever anyone else had their A game, Denver's was better. And they didn't even have that in the finals. I think that, that, that surprised us here. We were expecting a much, much you know, kind of a rocking chair finish there to game five. But credit to Miami, who made it tight down the stretch. They really did. Matt Smith, 104.3, the fan in Denver, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I want to go back to that game five because Miami really tried to muck it up. They tried to drag it through the mud. And Denver said, hey, you want to play that way? We could play that way. And we'll win this game. We'll stay close. And we'll, we'll find a way to win it in the end, which they did. How surprising was it to you, or maybe it wasn't at all because you know this team very well, that they were able to kind of just change who they, they are as a team and out Miami what Miami wanted to do? That is the key. That right there is the key to their championship run. And it was actually the source of a lot of arguments for us, especially in our station, you know, between myself and some of these other hosts that kept, you know, it was overconfidence in the regular season saying, look, this team scores 120 points a night. If you want to beat the Denver Nuggets, you've got to score 120 points a night. And I said, you guys got to stop because that's not representative of playoff basketball. It's much slower. It's a tighter game, and things are just different when the pressure ratchets up. And, and so they were able to develop a style where they could beat you anyway. If you wanted to play slow, they could play slow. And what really came to life in the finals more specifically was their defense. Jokic gets a bad rap as far as his ability as a defender, but he led the finals in just about every major defensive metric. And their defense as a whole, you want to talk about the 93 points, the 94 points, and the 95 points allowed to Miami in three of the five games were Denver's three lowest totals allowed to an opponent on the road all season. And I know Miami's not a great scoring team, but to be able to deliver that in the finals when the other guys on the other side are, are you know, are pros and are playing just as hard, that's impressive. It really was. And, I mean, again, I hope everyone is able to appreciate what they just witnessed and really paid attention to it because it was some really good, fundamentally sound, but also entertaining basketball that we just saw with the Denver Nuggets winning the championship. You mentioned Jamal Murray earlier and I wanted to go to him he had four games in a row where he had double digits assists and in game four didn't even have any turnovers after having 12 assists did you see the maturation as far as a facilitator goes when it came to Jamal Murray or is this something that surprised you that's a really good question as well Q because coming up when he was you know first few years in the league it was like well is Jamal a point guard or is he more naturally off the ball because he played with so many great guards at Kentucky on that college team he was on and he finally developed a little bit more of it. And I think, I think Jokic 
helped him develop his playmaking skills because you just have to be a better playmaker by osmosis to play with Nikola Jokic. It just happens over time. Whether you're not, you're trying, it just happens. We even saw Michael Porter Jr. with three assists last night for crying out loud. So with, with, with Jamal, what was impressive throughout this entire playoff run for us is the fact that not only was he great facilitating, but he was also consistent. And that's one thing that we have been asking from for this guy for years now, pretty much since he got here. Coach Prime out here in Boulder likes to say, are you him every day of the week that ends with a Y? <laughs> Jamal Murray in the regular season is not him every day of the week that ends with a Y. He's just not that guy on a night-to-night basis. But in the playoffs, Jamal is actually statistically the largest playoff riser in NBA history as far as points per game average in the postseason versus the regular season. And number two on that list is Nikola Jokic. So to have guys specifically with that two-man game to step up when the stage is the biggest and the light is the brightest, I think that is what's, what's been so you know, remarkable about Denver's run and why people think they could stick around for a while. Matt Smith, 104.3 The Fan in Denver is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, I haven't brought up Jokic yet because, well, I wanted to give him his just due. First player, 500 points, 250 boards, 150 assists in a single postseason. What in the hell did we just witness, Matt? Yeah, we witnessed one of the greatest individual playoff runs, I think, in any sport of all time. And it might sound hyperbolic, but I think as we you know, are years removed from it, if you, if you think about how we look back on what, LeBron did in the 2016 finals coming back down 3-1 against Golden State. You know, we, we look at some of those gaudy numbers and go, wow, that's one of the best playoff runs of all time. And that was a series. Jokic mm-hmm. just averaged a triple-double for the entire playoff run, a 30-point triple-double, mind you, the first 30-20-10 finals game in NBA history. What this guy has done has been remarkable. His 39 triple-doubles this year, postseason and regular season combined, are third all-time for a single, single season. Just Westbrook and Oscar Robertson in front of him. Uh, he is redefining what we are going to see across the Western Conference as far as how you need to construct a roster to win in the NBA as long as that man is healthy and on the basketball court. And I think more, more interestingly enough, and if you want to get deeper into the conversation, what's his motivation going to look like moving forward? Because one of the, you know, one of the worst-kept secrets right now is that Basketball isn't everything to him. He was pissed <laughs> off last night that the parade is on Thursday because he wants to be back in Sambor in Serbia for horse racing on Sunday. Right. I mean, that's how real this guy is. So we'll see what happens as far as motivation because he's a two-time regular season MVP. He's a finals MVP. You know, he's a Western Conference finals MVP. He's got a title. He's five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. And for a guy who really views this as his job, You know, what are the legs here? I don't know if he signs another contract past his current one, but we're just appreciating it in the moment because I think he entered the top 25 conversation in NBA history last night. If he can continue this, you have to add some rings to it now. I'm not about to crown him yet, but I think he's going to do a backflip into the Hall of Fame as is. I'll tell you what, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's so damn skilled. I don't care what he looks like. I don't care how he does it. He gets it done, and it's fantastic. And, of course, we can't really appreciate one championship without start talking about another. I know the Nuggets right. are the favorites to, to run it back and win it again next year. How do they keep this together? How do they, how do they move forward? I know most of their guys are under contract. Yeah, I, the, the biggest one is Bruce Brown, and the, the thought is here that he's going to get a big money offer in free agency, and they're just not going to be able to match it. We'll see how that plays out. Last night he made a comment like he wanted to stay here, and he specifically said money isn't everything. 
but it's easy to say that before the check is actually in front of you. So we'll see how that situation plays out. They might need to go get it. Well, first, I'll tell you what they need to do. They can get better. The team that you saw this year can get better. They failed at the trade deadline. You know, the trade deadline, bringing in Thomas Bryant, who didn't play, was a massive whiff. They signed Reggie Jackson on the buyout market, and that was a massive whiff. They need to go get a backup point guard, a legitimate secondary primary ball handler for Jamal Murray, and they need to get a backup five who's not DeAndre Jordan, who can legitimately play. So we'll see how that all plays out, but they have the experience and the know-how, so you don't need to backload your roster with as many veterans as you had this year, I don't think. I really like the the play of Christian Brown. I thought his his energy and I thought his defense, his tenacity, I thought that that really helped out in this playoff and finals run. What did you think of uh, what Christian Brown was able to do? Yeah, I mean, he was the last rookie to be playing this NBA season. He played deeper than any other NBA rookie across the league did. This guy, how about this kid has won three state titles in high school. He won a national championship in college, and he just won an NBA championship in his rookie year. I think there's only like five other players who've done that. Where does your life go? You're 22 years old. Like, how does it get better? That, you know what I mean? You set such a high bar. You might as well just retire. Now, I like what he's done. I, I really like what he's done. I loved his game in college. He's just a do-everything, you know, hustle guy who, who doesn't need the credit, who's team first. Bill Self was actually in the building last night celebrating with Christian Brown after the game, which I thought was pretty cool. But... You know, I think he's a big, valuable member of their core. People think that if Bruce Brown leaves, he, he picks up some of those minutes, and that may happen, but they need another ball handler with this team. They never really replaced that. A lot was on Jamal Murray's shoulders. And I think you saw later in the series, as Murray was dealing with that floor burn on his hand and he had the wrap, he did not shoot well the last two games. I think it was like 11 of like 31 or 32 the last two games. I just I think it was affecting him a little bit more than more than we all thought it was, so We'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, man, the future is bright with a kid like Christian Brown, who I think will be a part of the core moving forward because he does everything that you ask him to do as a coach. And he's got a great attitude. I like him a lot, man. That energy he brought to the game was uh, fantastic. Even game two when they lost, I mean, that was he was a major reason why they got back in the game was that energy. Well, you know what? You know what? I, I, I called it good, chaotic energy. It's almost mm-hmm. like controlled chaos, right? Yep. He's one of those guys that you hate to play against but you love to play with because he just plays so hard. Yes, exactly. That's the greatest way to describe him right there. That was that was a perfect description of him to a T. Well, Matt, we got to ask. I got to ask the question. I mean, you mentioned the Avalanche winning. The Nuggets have won. Uh, who knows what Coach – I'm going there. <laughs> how, how, I know Coach Prime has high expectations there. Does this put any extra pressure on the Denver Broncos? You know, that's a really good question because Nathaniel Hackett last year had to deal with this too because the Avalanche won right when he got to town. And we were all curious about how much inspiration that he would actually take from that just because, you know, it's inspiring. You know, you're, you're a coach in the same town. They just won a championship. You know, you've got such high expectations with Russell Wilson. And, you know, he was more there talking about, we're going to score a lot of points this year and banging the drum and getting the crowd going. When Sean Payton has showed up, all he's doing is hobnobbing with every, you know, athlete and Tom, Dick, and Harry who's sitting in the front row with him. So I think what was interesting, though, is today was the first day of minicamp for, for the Broncos, and he actually talked about the Nuggets at length. Nice. They were all at the game last night. He was saying he's super inspired by Michael Malone and his resolve and his continuity and his patience and his attitude. Sean Payton is buttoning things up here in a, in a real way. And what's interesting to you, and I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but we are not allowed to discuss anything that goes on at OTAs mm-hmm. that Sean Payton doesn't first discuss. We can't talk about what we see in practice. 
We can't talk about anything if the question hasn't been asked to Sean Payton. So if he asks, you know, answers questions for three minutes, if you don't get a question in, you can't talk about it, you know, you know, either writing about it or on the air. And he's really buttoned things up to a, to a level where there were a lot of, you know, people that had their feathers bristled here in town because they're like, they don't like it. That's not the way it's been. They, they're used to a lot of access. But he did speak at length about how he's just motivated by the fact that, you know, a, a team can set a standard with such unselfishness with their culture. And I think we, we're starting to see, especially with the Nuggets, if you're a smaller market team, and not like the Broncos are, and right. the Nuggets really aren't either. They're a mid-market team. But when you're a smaller market team, if you have the right culture, maybe it just takes a little bit more patience than we've seen in recent, recent history in sports. Yeah, it's gonna. It's interesting. It it really is because we're in that same position here in Vegas with the Golden Knights. Again, they're on the on the eve of of possibly winning a, a title themselves. The Aces won a title last year, so I think all eyes are on the Raiders. Like, all right, guys, you're up, <laughs> right? What are you doing? Right. So I think I think there's some pressure that's going to be on Coach McDaniel's and company just because. Well, what are you doing, right? <laughs> so oh, you know, it's, it's natural. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's no doubt about it, Hugh. You know, there is going to be pressure, especially as Vegas gets more and more accustomed to sports. You know, as, as you start to breed more natural sports fans with the teams being there over longer periods of time. And the one thing I'll tell you about Broncos practice today, and, you know, I wouldn't say this on our market, but I'll say it on yours, <laughs> is that I, I, I think this offense had a really good day. You know, it was kind of one of those days where everybody was just kind of silent watching them, and you're like, wait, wait, wait. All right, nobody say anything because, because this looks way better than it did. So if they continue on this trajectory and Russell Wilson with this lost weight can continue to maybe regain some form, we're pretty confident over here as far as Sean Payton's ability to get a few more wins out of this team and get them back to competency. But with McDaniels, I think you're right. We'll st- you'll start to see pressure in town when fans realize that the Ve- you know Vegas is going to win tonight. And so when Vegas wins tonight, over the next few months, they'll start to see some of that. And again, with, with a new chapter for the Raiders there without Derek Carr, it's going to be interesting to see how fast the pressure does, in fact, build. Yeah, it is. I'm excited about it just to see how it all shakes out and how it all plays out. But uh, first thing first, the Golden Knights got to seal the deal and get it done tonight. I think they will, but they got to get it done first. Well, uh, Matt, I know it's – I, I think so, too, but I got to yeah. see it. But I do know – that the Denver Nuggets won, and they're champions, and that's awesome. And I think that they're going to have a hell of a run and a hell of an opportunity uh, to do it again next year. But uh, enjoy this one first. So, uh, Matt, congratulations on the city. I know the city is excited and fired up about the championship. Thanks so much for your uh, your extra time that you gave us this afternoon. And I know you guys have been doing a ton of work there at 104.3 The Fan. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah, no problem, man. Vegas is going to take care of business tonight, and then they're going to meet the Avs in the Western Conference Finals for the matchup of the last two Stanley Cup champions, and we'll get it on. There you go. I'm with it. I'm with it. Let's do it. <laughs> sounds right. good. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, fellas. Have a good afternoon. All right, brother. You too. Matt Smith right there. 104.3 The Fan Endeavor at Real Matt Smith. And that's with one T, M-A-T-S-M-I-T-H, giving us a little bit of nuggets there and taking us behind the scenes a little bit with the Denver Broncos. And look, that's the first opponent. That's the one that matters, right? The first game of the season when the season hits in Denver against Sean Payton in that offense that looked good today, according to one Matt Smith. 419 is the time. We'll come back, get to some calls, get to some texts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. What's been your impression so far of, kind of this lifestyle, being an NFL quarterback, being in this building, running an offense? Is it, how's it measured up to kind of what you thought this would be? I'm just here, so I won't get fined. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but... Uh... <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, I told my mom I was going to do that. 
Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. As mandatory minicamp is going on with the Indianapolis Colts, you hear their first-round pick, quarterback Anthony Richardson, with a nice little joke right there. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Being doing his best Marshawn Lynch impersonation, having a little having a little jokey joke with the media. And I don't know what this guy's gonna be. I really don't. And John McClain said it earlier. He joins us each and every Tuesday at three o'clock. He said it. You've never heard a report about somebody being bad in OTAs or bad in mandatory minicamp or any of that stuff leading up to training camp, the preseason and the regular season. You never hear anything bad about about players. Every report I've, I've seen and heard has been that Anthony Richardson is doing a really good job. I, again, I don't know what he's going to end up doing in the NFL, but I like him. I like the guy a lot, um, and it's funny how things change. I, I was very skeptical about him when the whole draft process started, and then after doing a little bit of research and, and talking to different people that cover him on the daily and listening to him and actually having an opportunity to talk to him the day before the draft actually happened, uh, man, all of a sudden, I became Team Anthony Richardson. So, uh, again, I don't know how it's going to work out, but that's definitely a guy that I root for. So I, I hope the best for him. He just seems like, again, it's only a you know five-second little clip that you heard there, but he just seems like he's a good dude. I like to root for good dudes. Again, I don't know what he's going to do. He might end up not being worth, worth assault, right? But he seems like he's just a good dude that gets it and is going to give you everything he's got, uh, whether it's great ball whether it's mediocre ball, whether it's bad ball, but he's, it feels like he's just one of those guys that's going to give you everything he has. So there you go, Anthony Richardson from Mandatory Minicamp uh, earlier today. We still have Von Miller on the way. You'll hear from him at Von Miller's 7th Annual Pass Rush Summit that took place on Saturday. You'll hear from him in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to also get your calls and texts in at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, we asked a question about Max Crosby, and really, how do you think the defensive line additions that the Raiders made in the offseason, whether it's the drafting of Tyree Wilson, the drafting of Byron Young, you know, the uh, the obviously Chandler Jones coming back healthy in, in another year. Uh, they signed some free agents going to, onto that defensive line. Also, Bilal Nichols in in year two, Matt Butler in year two, Neil Farrell in year two, what it will look like, how that will impact Max Crosby's 2023 season and the team's general overall defense, right? Because their defense, we know, has to get a lot better. So that's the question that I threw out there to you at 69187, keyword R&R. That's at com text line. I do want to remind everybody that coming up on Friday, I'm very excited about the opportunity to be out of the Sahara, Las Vegas, Azilo Ultra Pool. Uh, very excited about that. You can get all the information at com. Again, at Sahara, Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to be doing the show from 2 to 5 p.m. on Friday. It's 21 and over, so you have to be 21, but I'll be out there poolside, be out there on stage. This show will be generated from there. I'm excited about that. They got cabanas and day beds available by reservation uh, with myself and Vegas Jess and, and others. We had a, a little party for Vegas Jess. We had a nice cabana and everything. It was awesome. We had a hell of a time. So if you're thinking about having a little bit of a party or a get-together, I do suggest you go ahead and check out a cabana or a day bed at the Azila Ultra Pool. They got live DJ sets Friday through Sunday, free entry, free parking, and valet. Open daily, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. On Friday, as I mentioned, we'll be there from 2 to 5 p.m. So uh, very excited about the opportunity of to be there on Friday, and we'll do that a few times throughout the course of the summer. Uh, probably, let's see, once this month, um, I think twice in July, once in August for sure. Uh, we might have a few more other opportunities, but uh, that's going to be fun. 
It's going to be a lot of fun heading into the weekend uh, the right way, right, being out there at the Azilo Ultra Pool Sahara Las Vegas. Again, if you want more information maybe on how to book a day bed or a cabana, uh, you want to book a party or whatever the case may be, AzilloLasVegas.com. 428 is the time. When we come back, you'll hear from Von Miller as he was at his seventh annual Von Miller Pass Rush Summit on Saturday. You'll hear that conversation following the, the summit coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Question we threw out there to you. How do you think the defensive line additions the Raiders made in the offseason will impact Max Crosby's 2023 season and the defense in general as we all know that they need to improve? 69187, keyword R&R. When we don't have a guest, which we don't have a guest the rest of the show, 702-365-9200. You can chime in on that or any other subject that you have. Right now, speaking of Max Crosby, he was at Vaughn Miller's Pass Rush Summit. He spoke a little earlier, well, we heard him speak a little earlier to uh, to the passers, pass rushers that were out there, but after the whole thing was said and done, Vaughn Miller spoke to us for a while. Here's that conversation. This is the seventh annual Pass Rush Summit. Just to be able to walk and talk, link and learn. Uh, it's not the Vaughn Miller Teach Clinic. <laughs> barely did anything strenuous out here, but just be able to walk and talk and go through pass rush moves and mindset with the guys that I respect around the league is, is huge. I might dip my head you talked about, you know, wanting to make it a little bit broader than yourself and you had guys like Micah, Max, and Jeffrey Simmons stepping up as leaders. Why did you kind of make that decision to kind of broaden it a little bit more? Um, I did it. I did it for seven years, man. You know, I realized, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be this one million forever. So while we have, you know, the perfect timing to be able to rebrand it and uh, make it bigger and better with athletes like Max, he's Mr. Vegas. We, we have it. We had a password summit here in Vegas. You know, so I want to bring Max on and Cam Jordan and you know Micah and just to ensure you know that this event continues to grow and be bigger and better each and every year. How excited is it when you see the young guys that are just getting into the league out here soaking it in, asking all those questions? Th- those, those are the guys that, that really make the go. Um, you know, each and every year you have turnover, guys retire, new guys come in to get guys like Nolan Smith and Michael Parsons, guys hungry to, to be great. And then me and Nolan, we got the same body type. We rush the same. You know, I really enjoy working with Nolan and just giving him some of my perspectives on, on pass rush. When you're working with these young guys, what do you hope to help them see in themselves? I, I really want them to see that. I really want them to really focus on the mental part of this. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's so much uh, being talked about. You know, uh, uh, it, was, it was just mental awareness, uh, mental awareness month. Like, it's real. Like, you want to be at peace. Um, there's so many different things that can throw off your peace, from pro football focus to, you know, announcers on TV. You want to be at peace. You want to put in all the work. You want to get yourself to a point where if it go right, cool. If it don't, you know you did everything that you can do to have success. And as soon as I get the young guys to real, realize that, and you know, they can go and take that and make it their own. You know, that's things that I dealt with. You know, going out there, feeling like I should be making plays, feeling like I should be changing the game, and it just doesn't happen. And you feel you feel like, you know, you let your team down and you let yourself down. But to have the perspective on I'm doing everything that I can possibly do to have success, whether I have it or not, that gives me peace. And that's, that's uh, some of the things that I want the young guys to realize early on. How long did it take you to understand that you had to come to peace and, and be comfortable when Damn. you got into the game? 11 years. Yeah. I think I think going into my last year with the Denver Broncos, like knowing that I did everything in my in my power to to uh, have success and then you know leave you leave the Denver Broncos and go to the LA Rams and you're able to have a fresh start and talk to guys about the mental aspect of the game because what makes the difference between another a, a good team and another good team 
it's, it's the mental aspect of it. So um, I want, as soon as I can get guys to, to really focus on that at, a, at an early age, especially as rookies and stuff, man, it's, it, it goes in the way. Whenever you said uh, your first ACL rehab is going to help you during your second one, has that turned out to be the case? Yeah, yeah that's because you kind of know what to expect. Uh, you you, you kind of realize the you know the weight of what's going on. You, you're not really thinking about how you know tough it is, and you know you're not really. Um, you can kind of anticipate what's going to happen next. I know I'm supposed to be here at three months, supposed to be here at four months, supposed to be here at six months, and I just focus on where I'm at, focus on my, my the emotional part of it, the mental part of it, because those are the only things that I can really control. I work as hard as I can, and I'm at peace. You know, whether I'm whether I'm ready to go week one or I'm not, I'm at peace because I'm doing everything that I possibly can to have success. What's the next step for you? Um, as far as the rehab, I think. Uh, doing more position specific uh, drills. Um, I'm at a point now where, you know, the ACL is, is at a place where it's all healed up. Now I need to start working on conditioning. Now I need to work on position specific drills, need to start transitioning um, back into a football player, not just a, a guy that's rehabbing and getting my legs strong. So that is the next step now. Hopefully that I can do that for the next two months and I'll be ready on the third month. Bonnie, when you think of the, you've been doing this for seven years. When you think of today's athlete, how have the questions to you and the advice to you, the, or the advice from you to the young kids, how has that changed over over the seven years? And maybe even since you got in the league, kind of. Honestly, it doesn't, you know, because you got so much turnover. You got young guys coming in. These young guys get older. The old guys leave, and it's just a, a rotation. So. The, the questions are always the same, you know, the questions are always similar and um, it's, it's kind of cool, you know, everybody's, everybody has the same thought process, everybody wants to have success, everybody looks at, you know, the game in a certain way and to be able to give that information consistently, consistently throughout the years, it's, it's, it's been a blessing. When you see one of your guys, Leonard Floyd, he brings, he's a high energy guy, um, he's going to lay out for plays, uh, he's a wrecking ball in there, man. Um, you know, when I heard the possibility of Leonard Floyd coming to the team, I was all on board for it. Played in, in L.A. With, with Leonard, man. I'm super excited to have him there. Him matched up with, with Greg Russo and Boogie Bash and A.J., man. We have one of the best defensive line rooms in the National Football League. For sure. When you see one of the young guys that are out here today put into play what you know they've learned while here and they're playing against your team, are you torn between cheering for them and no. going, God darn it? No, I mean, um... <laughs> No, they're not on the field with me. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just at peace with with my game and who I am. Um, this is my 13th year in the league. I'm on my third contract. I got two sons. I'm on two Super Bowls. What do I look like out here holding back secrets? What do I look like? Out here, you know what I'm saying? Getting jealous because the guy get, you know, guy get. What do I look like? You know, I think that's more of a. A personal issue than you know actually being something real. I, I enjoy when I, when those guys go out there and get sacks. Josh Uche, he, he played against the, the uh, Buffalo Bills this year, and he hit our left tackle with a dip and rip. Some of the same things that we talked about right here, and he he tore up Josh Allen. I think it was a forced fumble. Well, you know, I didn't want him to you know tear up Josh Allen, but I was happy for him that his game is starting to elevate. Um, he can. He can continue to develop, and he'll put himself in position to, to get one of these super max contracts. He'll be able to feed his family and you know, be able to change his life forever. So that's that's what it's all about. Of course, you know, I don't want to you know, hurt my guys, but I'm a pass rusher, a fraternity of brothers, and I want all these guys to have success. Your biggest advice to somebody coming in the NFL or, or relatively new? Take advantage of each and every opportunity. Um, and I'm not telling you what I was doing. I'm telling you what somebody should have told me. You know, take advantage of that practice. Uh, take advantage of the OGs in the room. Uh, be, uh, be a sponge. Like, commit everything to your crowd. We, we are pro football players. Professional football players. This is what we do better than 
anything else. We gotta commit everything to this, you know, and everything else is just a hobby, but we're pros right now. Take advantage of this moment because this, this moment of coming out just like the rest of it. Congratulations. Thank so you. And I, I walked up as you started. What's in your heart every time you decide I'm going to do this again? Why do you do this? It's just, a, it's just a way for me to give back to the game that has given so much to me. And um, to be able to bring guys on like Max and, 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 and Cam and, and Micah to ensure the, the success of this event and to, to ensure that it lives on. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm, and I'm blessed to, to be able to reach out to my guys to continue to grow it, man. You know, the tight end university, they do a great job. It's George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and Greg Olsen and all these guys come together and they call it the tight end U. And, you know, I kind of want to have that, that same type of camaraderie with my colleagues around the league. So we'll rebrand it. Next year will be the first year of something else. I don't know what we're going to name it. I get with Max and I get with Cam and I get with Micah. And we'll come up with some type of cool name to rebrand it and hopefully it'll be even bigger next year because this is my reach. I got all of these guys here, you know, by myself. So just think if we got four guys and they're doing the same thing throughout throughout the league, it, it'll be a, a, a truly beautiful event. One thing that you guys talked about is hustling and the rush doesn't work. Is there a play earlier in your career where... There's a lot of plays where I look at, I look at myself and I'm like, damn, I should have been sprinting. I think me really transitioning to become the front office and, the, and the, the player evaluator, those are the type of guys that I want, you know. I wasn't like that. I try to become like that, but those are, those are the guys. Those are the guys that you want to be. And I'm not telling you what I was doing. I'm telling you what you should be doing. Um, I love the way Max Crosby rushes downfield, rushed, rushed, and he turned around. Michael Parsons does the same. And there's multiple guys around the league that do that same thing. So um, that's what I, those are the type of guys that I want on my team. You know, whenever I start building my team and getting ready to go for GM Vaughn, I want those high-energy guys, great locker room guys, just like Max and, and just like Michael Parsons. Sure. How's, how's that been going, the GM Vaughn? You were in Indy learning yeah. you at the Combine. You wanted, I know you want to do that. It's great. And uh, it, it's, it'll get done. It's just a matter of time. Um, I've been on a football team my whole entire life. And, of course, I just won't walk into a GM job. But right. I, I definitely want to be, when it's time for me to walk away from the game, I want to be involved in the front office some way, form, or fashion, and I just continue to work. I've been on a football team my whole entire life. There's no way I could just retire and sit at home with the kids all day. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that front office GM Vaughn? Was that part of getting Leonard Floyd to Buffalo as well? No, that was that was, that was, was all, all them? That was all being, and, you know, they asked me my thoughts, and I yeah. gave it to them. Nice. All the guys that I've been trying to recruit, they, I haven't been able to get them. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Vaughn Miller right there. Friend of the show, by the way, Vaughn Miller. Uh, humble brag, since we were hanging out in Indianapolis at the Combine. He probably doesn't remember me from Adam, but that's okay. Uh, hanging out with them and uh, spent some good quality time just kind of picking his brain. He even called uh, Max Crosby on the eve of his wedding. He called him on FaceTime <laughs> about 1 in the morning. 1 in the morning East Coast time, so it wasn't quite 1 in the morning in Las Vegas. But Max <laughs> Max picked up on FaceTime. What's up, Vaughn? And Vaughn's like, hey, man, I got your guy here from Vegas. Da, da, da. And he's like, what up? Good night. <laughs> So pretty cool, but uh, I love the message that Vaughn Miller gave right there. I love the fact that he's talking about being at, at peace with himself, knowing that throughout the course of the week, he did every single thing that he could to get ready for that game. Sometimes he's going to go out there and have a dominant game. Sometimes you're going to see him go out there and get two or three sacks, maybe one sack. He, he said, and this is other conversations that I was just listening to while he was talking to the rest of the, the guys that were there at the summit, you know, some games the goal is always to be to get one sack a game. Like that's, that's the goal that he wants for every game. Some days you get two, some days you'll get three. Some days you won't get any, right? But that's always the goal is to get one a game. And he said, but 
I don't let the guys that pro football focus, and that's no disrespect to Brad Spielberger, who we had on the show earlier, uh, but it's just, you know, it's kind of one of those metrics that, that guys study, and we come back and talk about on the radio. He doesn't let the guys that, you know, talk on the radio, on TV, that critique games and critique uh, players and what they do, doesn't let that bother him because he's totally at peace with what he does because he knows the preparation that he put in. And that's all he was preaching to these players that were there at the summit was preparation, preparation, preparation. Uh, he even said that, you know, I, I do film study. I do film, but it's not as deep as some other people do film study. But what he does is, you know, work on his craft. He said, matter of fact, the film study that he does the most is him. He'll study more film of himself to see what he did right and compared to what he did wrong and how he could do something else better as opposed to even, okay, I'm going to look at this offensive line. I'm going to look at this offensive line. I'm going to check out the tendencies on this on this uh, offense that we're, that we're facing this week. So, you know, not saying that he doesn't do that, but just what goes through the mind of certain guys and how they prepare. Uh, but, again, I, I just think that it was so important and so valuable for guys to hear that as long as you know that you did everything in your power – to have a really good game, whether it worked out that way or not, you could be at peace with yourself, right? And that's, that's – I mean, I think that that's a good lesson for everybody in life in general. I like to try to take lessons away from guys that are in position like that, and I try to apply it to my own life or my own craft. Like, I, I like to feel like when we, you know, say goodbye in 15 minutes on this show that there was everything I could do in my power to have a really good show. And I'll walk away from the show and be pissed off if I feel like, you know what? I left something out there. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I should have done this. I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't prepared. Something like that. That's when I'll walk away angry. But if I know I did everything in my power to be fully prepared, be ready for our guest, throw a topic out there, uh, have some really good feedback on the phone lines and the text line, I'll, I'm at peace with the show that, that we put out there each and every day. Always, always have been, always will be. But the time that I'm angry, and there's times that I'm angry, trust me, is when something either out of my control, like the phone lines mess up. <laughs> or, you know, something like that. Not not a shot at you, Ari, but uh, while you were on vacation, no, the phones, uh, something happened. It just all of a sudden just went out, and it was it was really weird. But we got them fixed, but it was just really weird. But it just kind of derailed the show with the momentum that it was going. Then all of a sudden it just, like I said, it just got derailed, and it, it made me angry because then what I prepared for, I had to pivot, and I didn't have enough, like I didn't have enough preparation for that to be able to pivot and make it a smoother transition. So that was really more on me, but that's when I get angry about stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that was a good message that you heard from Vaughn Miller at his Pass Rush Summit on Saturday. Uh, it's the seventh annual, and next year it's going to have a different name, right? And Max Crosby's going to have a lot to do with it. Cam Jordan's going to have a lot to do with it. Other guys are going to have a lot to do with it that aren't named Vaughn Miller so they can keep that thing rolling. But, man, I can only imagine how much those players, especially the young dudes, they really appreciate uh, taking the time out on a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, to be able to pick the brain of a Vaughn Miller, of a Max Crosby, of a Cam Jordan. You know, that's that's going to go a long way in the development of their skills. And, again, Max Crosby being featured by those guys is just, again, to me it kind of blows my mind since uh, we all remember him as a fourth-round pick just trying to make sure he made the roster. Now he's a guy that everybody is looking up to. 447 is the time. We got to look for call number nine. We got to get that giveaway. Ari's trying to give me the signal. I got it covered, Ari. Don't you worry. Uh, we got a Father's Day hookup that we're giving. And, uh, all right, go ahead and mention uh, – why don't you go ahead and mention the all the groups that are going to be seen in this three-day music festival that is a fantastic festival. The Morning Tailgate gave out tickets to it earlier. We want to hook up a pair of tickets as well. And uh, the tickets are good for all three nights. So I'll start with that. Friday nights, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden. Saturday is ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne. And Sunday night, Metallica and Tool. 
And what's it called again? What's the event called again? Power Trip. Yeah, Live. Power Trip. I always <laughs> I don't know why I always forget the name of the of, of the festival, but I just know that it's it's awesome and that all the all the groups that are there are 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 winners, right? And that's just the ones that are featured, but I mean, man, 3 days of that, you really can't go wrong. So call number 9 is what we're looking for, 702-365-9200 again, 702-365-9200. Call number 9, you want a pair of tickets to Power Trip? We got you. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Shout out to my man Aaron. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go to Power Trip. Something that we're featuring all week long, giving out tickets. A little Father's Day special as Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. We definitely appreciate that. Speaking of Father's Day, Ari's going to be out at Twin Peaks on Father's Day from 4.30 to 6.30 in Henderson. Uh, he's going to have a little little Father's Day hookup special going on as well. So you can go check out Ari. It's not very often that Ari gets to get out of the studio and have a good time and meet and greet with uh, all the listeners. So uh, if you get an opportunity, you're riding around on Father's Day, you're looking for a place to go, check out my man Ari. He's got to have a lot of prizes out there. Again, 4.30 to 6.30 on Father's Day. That's this Sunday, the 18th. So, again, shout-out to my man Aaron getting hooked up with those Power Trip tickets. we got more of those on the way with the morning tailgate. Remember, the morning tailgate, Clay Baker is on vacation, so Lindsay and Vinny will hold it down tomorrow starting at 8 o'clock. Tonight's going to be a very light, long night for Lindsay and for Vinny because of the uh, Stanley Cup Finals with VGK as she's over there covering that as well. So she's doing a little bit of double duty, doing a little bit of TV duty, a little radio work. Lindsay's going to be doing everything. So uh, they'll be in at 8 o'clock in the morning. There will be some sound that you'll hear around 7 o'clock from uh, all the – all the different coordinators, the the uh, assistant coaches from the Silver and Black that they met with the media today, kind of in a locker room style scrum. It wasn't anything that was streamed by the way of the Raiders YouTube and nothing at the podium or anything, but just basically like all the assistants are in the room and you could just go and scatter shoot and talk to who you want to. So Vinny Bonsignor brought some sound back, so you'll hear that in the 7 o'clock hour of the morning tailgate from 8 to 10 a.m. Of course, JT the Brick, and then uh, I'll follow that up from 2 to 5 p.m as well here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more minutes left in today's show. Got this text from the 209. Uh, this is, what up, Q? Poncho here. I think the defense going into their second year under this staff, I believe they're going to shock a lot of us, and I believe they'll be a top 15 defense. As far as Max, Max is going to be Max. And all I, wanted, all I want to be out there, every player, and will want to be out there, every player, regardless of the situation, at hand. That's from uh, Poncho in the 209. And I'll tell you, that's all we've been talking about for the longest, right? It's just have a middle-of-the-pack defense, a middle-of-the-pack defense, a middle-of-the-pack defense. I don't even think that they need to have a top 15 defense. I really don't. You think about how many games they were close in a season ago, and eventually, you know, the numbers kind of just worked themselves out, but they were so close. All they needed was a stop here, a stop there. I mean, games are won and lost. It's a very fine line, and so I really believe that if their defense can be counted on to make a stop here and there, especially in crunch time at the end of the game, I mean, you could take a, just a few of those losses. They lost, what, four or five one-score games last season? If you just take two or three of them, I mean, you're already looking at an eight- or nine-win season. Right, the Cardinals game, no excuse for losing that one. The Rams game, no excuse right there for losing that one. That's two games right there. <laughs> That's already uh, uh, eight eight wins on the season, which is still not 500. You know, you want to have you know 10 wins. That's the number that you're always aiming for, 10 or 11 wins. But I mean, just a couple of stops here and there, and they're going to win these games. So if their defense could be improved, if Max Crosby could finish a couple games, that's what I'm I'm looking at. If he could just finish a couple games for the Raiders. When that, when that close game comes, when that team has the ball 
And, you know, he almost did it in that Rams game. If anyone, everyone remembers, he was, they had a chokehold on him in the end zone. It should have been a safety. It wasn't called. That had happened. If he had got the benefit of the doubt in the call, that was, would have been a real call. I don't ever come on here and be and moan about referees. I just don't do it. But, I mean, that was so damn blatant and so important and so critical juncture of the game that, I mean, that's, that's game, set, match right there. They call holding. It's in the end zone. Game, game's over. It just didn't happen. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the new additions to the Raiders' defensive line are really going to help Max be able to become that closer. You know, you give double-digit sacks every year, and I think that's what Max is capable of doing, great. But it's the, it's the, it's the plays at the very end of games that someone has to step up and make those plays. Chandler Jones, I, I don't, I don't want to sit there and say that he's going to have a bounce-back year and all of a sudden be the Chandler Jones of old. I'm just going to assume that, you know, he kind of is who he is. But I know that Max Crosby is, is that guy, just like uh, Poncho said, that Max is going to be Max and is going to want to be Max and be out there as much as possible. He's going to be the guy that everyone looks at to make plays at the end of the game to seal the deal for the Silver and Black. So we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, a lot of good stuff. We appreciate all the calls. We appreciate all the texts. And, of course, all the great guests that we had on the show today. We'll be back with you tomorrow at the same time, 2 o'clock to 5, here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great night.